0: Welcome, Guardians. It's April 23rd and 24th, 2017. Exactly one month from our last recording. And you're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. This is episode 49, and we're continuing our look into the Vault of Glass that we started last show and lead up to in previous series of Vex Fragments, Fruit of the Garden. Um, Most of this show we'll be looking at... uh, one of the most famous fire teams in the Destiny lore, <laughs> their terrifying foray into the Vault, and how that affects our journey. Um, with me today, we have Alpha Dropley. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there were last. What's up, man?
1: Odd, uh, not too much. Just sort of. I mean, I've been. C- cranking on these notes and and still exploring in-game. I was... I'll give a shout-out later towards the end of this episode, but I've been watching a lot of, like, Surfa Boys videos and Jewboy 300 and some of these guys who just are master explorers of the game world. And their explorations of the vault. and I don't know if they intend it to be this way, but a lot of times I will take their videos and blow them up to like, you know, 1920 by 1080 and go through them frame by frame to study the interior of the vault rather than go there myself. But yeah, a lot of this research these upcoming episodes couldn't be done without without a lot of the work that they've put in before us. Nice. Uh, And then other than that, just sort of get, I still am devoted to the ritual of like logging in and doing the nightfall and uh Doing bounties and hanging out with my clan and just getting stuff
2: done, so that's what I've been doing
0: cool next we've got dark ratchet three <laughs> what's up man?
2: <laughs> uh not much i uh, will clarify for everybody that's a dark souls reference i think
0: um
2: which funny story so so one of our slack mods d w mcd uh has been he recently bought Dark Souls three and he's been streaming it a bunch and I've been watching him and it's been giving me the the itch to get back into it, because I never actually beat it. Um, and so I'll tell this funny-slash-embarrassing story real quick, which is that uh, I got to a certain part of the game back when the game was relatively new and hit this, like, massive difficulty wall, and could not figure out a way to get past it, and kept wanting to summon people into my game to help me, to make it a little easier just to get over that hump, and for whatever reason couldn't find any summon signs on the ground to do it, and, like, couldn't figure out why, so I sort of, you know, bashed my head against that wall for a little while and kind of moved away from the game, because I was like, well, whatever, I guess I'll come back to it sometime, so today, I log in, I'm in the same old spot that I've basically been in for months, The game's been out for almost a year, and, um, I'm like, okay, why can I, why can I put my sign down, and people can summon me instantly, but I can't summon anyone, and I start going through my settings, and I find that I have matchmaking turned off for myself.
3: <laughs> oh, no.
2: So I changed the setting and instantly summoned in two people, and we just plowed through that section of the game, and I've been playing it all day, and it's
0: awesome. Nice. <laughs> Noob.
2: <laughs> what? Seriously?
1: Speaking of things that are embarrassing that you haven't finished, did you finish Horizon oh, Zero Dawn?
2: No. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I. Uh, what's that town they send you or the city they send you to? Meridian? Yeah. Yeah, man, Meridian. I, I went to Meridian... And I've sort of explored I think I've done like a couple of quests out of Meridian um, but that's it.
4: Oh man you are you are right at the point yeah where the plot picks up because that was my experience I was just I'm like I'm just walking through the desert to Meridian, like <laughs> does this game have a plot and then because <laughs> there it's like I basically at that point I played it for like 18 hours straight at that. I'm like I have to
2: finish this now. Like, is there more to this game than hiding from those giant birds that shoot lightning balls at you? Because that's basically what I did.
0: Well, that voice you hear is (laughs) paracausalology. That's (laughs) cosmology from... uh, He was on our (laughs) lap. I can't say.
1: Astrophysics Jesus. Jesus. (laughs)
0: yeah that guy (laughs) he was on our last episode if you heard it and hopefully you did if you haven't you need to go back and listen to that before you listen to this one but he is back to record a little more with us so what's going on man
4: hey guys um i've been good i i finally got somebody to carry to carry me to the lighthouse Oh, and i spent the entire time there taking pictures of all the books that were laid out um so shout out to the the crucible radio slack for for doing that. oh nice that's um, awesome because they are
1: <laughs> It is the only page I'm missing in my age of triumph book. Everything yeah. else is filled in all the warlock stuff, all the Titan stuff, all the hunter stuff, everything except the the trials page
4: honestly I, I... now i'm now I'm like, oh, I don't need to get any more heavy weapon kills in trials because <laughs> I got that extra note. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we, yeah uh, my
2: trial's page is totally blank, too.
0: I just drew a blank now.
2: I just got a message from,
1: I think what you were meant to say was that you're going to carry Gavin out of the lighthouse. Oh, yes, no.
0: exactly. So there was a, <laughs> I, we had tweeted something out about, or, or somebody tweeted at us, I don't remember which, and a guy asked us, the Ghost Stories podcast team, to carry him to the lighthouse and i'm like uh i think yeah wrong wrong group buddy
1: (laughs) you could be in our lighthouse episode
0: yeah maybe
1: that's that's the closest we're gonna get
0: hey and uh guess who else is here the poplar (laughs) (laughs) sherbert pop what's going on
2: The
1: poplar. I like uh, that you didn't emphasize that for the pun it was supposed to be referencing.
4: (laughs) Oh, I I just got that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, me too. He could have done like the pimplar. Wait, that sounds terrible. It would have
1: been the peplar.
0: Poplar? Poplar. Sherbert (laughs) poplar. What's going on?
3: What is happening? I don't know. <laughs> I'm alright. I've been I've been a bit sick this week, so if I don't sound hundred percent I'm sorry. Um but yeah, just been resting a lot. It was Easter last weekend, so if you celebrate that happy Easter the chocolate season. Um, yeah. My Parents are on holiday, so I've been cooking everything.
1: You get the place that's to yourself.
3: Been, with my brothers, <laughs> so <Part laughs> to myself in court. But yeah, that's that's been that's been interesting. But yeah, I haven't really done much other than that.
0: Cool. I'm glad.
3: I'm
0: glad you're feeling better too. I know you said you were sick a lot. Mom. So, um, and I don't know who was. Guzzling down some beverage, but it sounded yeah. good and loud, so I hope it came across in the oh, recording.
4: That was me. Yeah, I know <laughs> I'm it was sorry. You. <laughs> I hope it was Vex Milk. No, it is again um diet grade Vago because Um <laughs> It's cheap. <laughs> it's mostly why I have
2: it because.
0: Um, well, and I am the X. Ex- or not the I'm ex-rageous. Aegis? Get it? Is that the joke? No. Right? No? <laughs> no.
2: That's definitely
1: not the joke. Will it help if I capitalize the A? Will that make it easier?
0: <laughs> yeah, that'll come across on radio better. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I haven't been doing much of anything. I played, uh, played some Crucible recently, and and with with Nate and did a few other things in destiny, but I've been busy at work. And then I just found out that I've got jury duty tomorrow and I've started this whole construction project at home and was in the middle of that today. But yeah, it's, it's other than that, everything's going good. I'm super excited about the show. These, uh, Oh no, someone's, uh, (laughs) if it's in the notes, I'm going to read it. Um, but no, I'm doing good. So, uh, and, and, (laughs) and, Like I said, super pumped about these notes. I mean, I've been just reading through these. People would pay for these, I think. These are are awesome. (laughs) Maybe Um, you stumbled
1: onto our revenue stream for us, all that podcast money.
0: You're right, yeah. Big podcast money. Uh, But that's about it. So let's move on to thanks and announcements. Um, Drop, you got the first one here. It's a shout-out you want to make, so go ahead.
1: Yeah, just uh, pH destruction. And his clan team toaster, I've been running raids with them the past couple weeks. We did a Vault of Glass, and we did. he subbed in to help do the uh, Axis Challenge for my team's run. And uh, Wrath of the Machine, then I subbed in on his team to help them out uh, with their run. So it's just been really cool hanging out with them and and having a good time. and Just playing the game. Uh, And my second shout-out is to Lord of Wolves. There you go. In case, in case you're not aware, uh, Lord of Wolves is the greatest gun that's ever been introduced in Destiny. Can kill anything in one hit. Uh, it has no damage fall off at all, which means that you can headshot people from across the Crucible zone with, with just one pull of the trigger. Yeah, give it a try, Lord of Wolves, best gun ever.
3: As an aside, I ran Lord of Wolves in the Scout rifle for a long time, and I got so many more headshots with Lord of Wolves than I did with my scout rifle. Just <laughs> as an aside. <laughs> like, look at my stats, it was like 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 ten headshots with a shotgun. Oh, a load of the wolves, okay. <laughs> Got it.
1: <laughs> it's especially good for counter sniping and oryx. So if you're the aura holder for oryx, go for it. Give it a nice. try. See how it works out for you.
2: Well, I can give a shout out to Assassin AssassinPro02 who's currently in the tower begging me to join his party so he can do the Outbreak Prime quest.
0: Oh. Hey, I just got a message from him too. Like, <laughs> as you, you said that, it just popped up on my screen. Nice. Yeah.
2: Hey, he's like, can you invite me to a party? I need a warlock and a hunter to do the last code. Please invite me. Please invite me. Like, Chill. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I, I could remand that raid to get Outbreak Prime. <laughs>
0: Well, and I have to give a little mention to someone I discovered on Twitter. Um, her name is S H Art I I I Shardy. I didn't want to actually say that because I know what a shard is. And I'm not making fun of your name, but it's pretty you cool. I if actually
4: say that or not.
0: So it's wow. so it's Steph H. Um, so in her in her uh, Twitter kind of description of herself it says uh, full time print media graphic artist art hobbyist mecha and robot enthusiast and she says she spams a lot of sketches and whips um, you can find her over at s-h-a-r-t-i-i at uh, um, some of the some of the destiny sketches and drawings and stuff she's done are, are pretty awesome I just I like kind of her style and I think you should go check her out uh, I know she does some commit. Uh, there's some stuff that she's done for commissions and things like that. And I'm not trying to sell her or anything, but uh, it's it's definitely worth going to check out her stuff. Oh we'll my have...
1: god, this Dawning's one is adorable. Yeah,
0: that's, that's cool?
2: whips, as in WIPs, works in progress, not the things <laughs> that you whip people with.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, she's into whips
1: or like sweet sweet rides. Like she just draws sparrows all
2: day.
0: But yeah, no, she's some of her art. Like I said, it's, it's, it's great. I, I, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is the kind of style I like. And, and she does a lot of, she's got a lot of mech and robot, uh, art too. Um, so go, go check her out on Twitter or at DeviantArt. Um, something else well, happened little, since our last episode. Uh, this we broke, warlock um, is
2: adorable too. what <laughs> this little warlock is adorable too.
0: keep looking, man. There's a lot of cool stuff. Um, I don't know what that means whoever typed that uh we
2: type who's typing things
0: our guest confused me
2: oh. <laughs> ten to the sixth yep
0: oh yeah, so while we were but since our last episode, we broke a million downloads of our podcast, which is is pretty awesome I mean that's that was like one of the milestones we've been looking forward to and and couldn't have Party done it bombs. without our listeners and we've gotten i think we've we've uh, earned a few more fans since then and, and it seems like every time we turn around we're still getting people that just found us and just started listening so everyone who's listening thank you and we'll keep on doing this thing and, and hopefully we'll get them out sooner because somebody thinks we like to hoard our notes and not share them with people we're just like it in your faces that we do research and yeah and then... I, I
1: mean I only <laughs> spend 40 hours a week writing these notes just to have them.
0: Yeah, don't, do don't share either. them with anybody.
1: I mean, uh, it's no, there's no point. I got derailed onto Kevin Reagan's art, <laughs> So now I'm looking at like super adorable Saladin with his super adorable wolves.
0: There's a... Oh. There's a really cool one of a titan dragging a warlock by his foot and has like a hunter over his shoulder like Pulling them back into the crucible. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, no, that's it. We, we like I said, we hit this kind of milestone and it's great and you all helped and we're going to keep moving forward. Oh, I bought my GuardianCon ticket this week. So I'm, yes! it's not, I'm going to probably, yeah, I think I'm going to go. I think if I try to back out, Gavel would hurt me. So I don't think I, I can and, do that. And
2: since there are a lot of people that listen that are not in our Slack that might be coming to GuardianCon, uh, we are going to have a meetup on the on June twenty ninth at Cigar City Brewery. That's the day after my birthday. Which I
0: found out well, don't actually have cigars, and I can't smoke no, them
2: there. It's a brewery,
0: but it's called Cigar anyway. City.
2: Oh
1: man, I was <sighs> in Austin and I went to a bar that had a drink called the Cigar Box, and I, it's like a, I think it's a a brandy drink, or maybe it's bourbon served in a uh, crystal rocks glass I think which is then served inside a crystal (laughs) ashtray and then they smoke a cinnamon stick next to the drink put the whole thing together as if you were getting like a cigar and brandy in this perfect glass ashtray it was an amazing drink and what was it called? the cigar box was the name of the drink the name of the bar I don't remember I'll have to go look it up
2: I already <laughs> how did
0: I know that they
1: had, they had all their drinks separated by the era the drink became famous so you can order drinks from like the early 1900s like the 1920s and 30s the 40s and 50s it was amazing it was, I was down there for a sell by it was an incredible incredible bar was it Whistler's no okay also funny story just because it happened yesterday so the comic shop near me uh, Dr. Comics and Mr. Games, they were having uh, a graphic novel sale up to 80% off Marvel and DC graphic novels so I was in there puttering around looking to waste money on comic books Uh, and I'm standing looking at graphic novels and I can hear the guy who owns the shop at the back counter and he's talking to one of the guys who works there. And he goes, hey, hey, do you know what Borderlands is? And the guy behind the desk is like, I got no idea. He goes, what about the Elder Scrolls? And the guy's like, I got no idea. Like, <laughs> then he goes, what's this Destiny thing? And the guy's like, I don't know. It's like, I see a thing here. What's a, what's a Lord Saladin? There's a 10-inch Lord Saladin statue. And I spun around immediately and was like, let me explain to you real quick. is a video game. This is who Saladin is. Can I see this thing? And he spun his computer around. He's like, you think anybody would buy this? I'm like, order it. I promise (laughs) you someone will buy it. And if nobody does, I will come back and buy it. (laughs) Also, the other two things you mentioned, also video games.
4: (laughs) I thought thought you were going to start with a three-hour lecture.
1: I was really tempted. Because he sputtered around. It's the, it's the McFarlane Saladin statue. Uh, and I I don't like Saladin, but it's a
0: good looking statue. Let uh, me open my notes and show you something.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Plus, if you've got a notebook, you can toilet. put little hex on it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've been making these notes for the past two months <laughs> for specifically this reason. <laughs> oh, uh, Lord. and then
1: I bought. Uh, God Loves Man Kills because that's one of the best X-Men stories ever made. Cool. For $7 because it was on sale.
0: Wow. Nice. Okay. All right. Vault of Glass. Yeah. (laughs) Why? Why? Why do we go into it?
1: This was... Oh, is that why? That's that's why I went. (laughs) (laughs) So this was the next... uh, We talked about... The Vex, the different branches of Vex in the last episode, uh, Cosmo enthralled us with, uh, quantum mechanics. We talked about different factions of Vex and where they appear, but one of the big questions I wanted to get out of the way was why do we go into the vault of like what? Nothing in game says, Hey, go to the vault. Uh, it's not until much later in the game in, uh, the Taken King, where there's actually there's actually a mission that prompts you to go there. So that was kind of strange. So we're gonna go into why we go into the vault uh, and those who came before us and why they went into the vault. And I put a quote here from Petra Venge uh, from that mission from Wolves Gambit because I love the way her voice actor says this line in the game, especially the last part. Uh, which is, I've seen reports from Prince Aldrin's Crows, reports about the technology of the vault. Really just awful stuff. And at that point in the game, the vault has become common knowledge, but prior to that, it wasn't. It was a complete and utter mystery, and it still kind of is, which is why we're doing this entire show about it. Uh, but yeah, it is really awful stuff, so we're going to talk about that really awful stuff. But even, even this line, I think, for players... If you'd never run Vault of Glass, or even if you had and you didn't know the story behind it, you get, oh, yeah, Petra thinks the technology of the vault is really awful, but there's not really a sense of how insane and horrible some of the things they can do, the Vex can do inside the vault are. And we even had this in a Slack chat where somebody's like, I don't care about the oracles. Why would you care about the oracles? I'm like, you'd understand that they're the most terrifying <laughs> thing in all of Destiny. <laughs>
4: It's, like, it's great to watch a, uh, a team who doesn't know what they're doing um who goes in and, and you know doesn't know about the oracles or doesn't know um what happens if you step in the green goo and then like <laughs> they all die at the same time and they're they're just like flabbergasted like what, what just happened to us
1: <laughs> yes and it's not even made explicitly clear even in the mission wolves gambit why is uh what's his face the Kell of kells Skolas. Skolas. why does he care about harnessing the power of the oracles like what why well we're gonna we're gonna talk about why uh, but before we do all of that we're talking about those who came before so I said in the last episode it's impossible to talk about the vex without talking about the vault and impossible to talk about the vault without talking about the vex uh, but it's also impossible to talk about the vault without talking about the story of the guardians who journeyed into it before we did. Uh everything we know about the vault starts and ends with them. Uh so we're going to be taking a look at Kaber and his fire team. Uh if you're familiar with the lore, you probably know this story. Uh the release of the the new version of the raid has given us a few more clues, so we'll discuss them here. Uh, but before we start any of that, it's very important that we talk about <laughs> the same thing we talk about <laughs> on every show, because it would not be a DGS episode if we did not talk about <gasps> Osiris. <laughs> well, guess what? We're talking about Osiris. Uh, and this comes directly from the Osiris grimoire. I'm not sure who, who's going to be the speaker. Ugh. Anyone?
0: I vote x Ek- I'll be the speaker. Uh, Why not? <laughs> Good. I love that guy. You and Kex. (laughs) (laughs) I was kidding.
3: Oh. weren't kidding about Kex.
0: All right. (laughs) And then it got worse. (laughs) Dabbling in Thanatonautics, Ahamkara lore, chasing after Xur and the tricks of the Nine, launching expeditions into the reef and beyond at the time when ships were irreplaceable. Your quests split guardians along ideological lines. This was your greatest crime. Hunters chose to pursue your visions instead of protecting refugees. Titans assembled teams to chase the legendary Vault of Glass instead of striking the Fallen. And warlocks turned away from the study of the Traveler in favor of your ultimate obsession. Learning the exact nature of the darkness. The Speaker.
1: So, I... We put this here because even though ultimately the fate of Kaber and his team belong to themselves, Guardians make their own fate, uh, it's heavily implied that is Osiris who put that idea in their heads in the first place. Uh, a lot of talk has been given to Titans plural assembled teams, yet the only one we really know about is Kaber. Uh, so we'll talk about We don't, I mean, we just don't, there's no other evidence about any of these other teams that went in there. Um, And a question that sort of haunted this whole thing is that even if Osiris understood the nightmares waiting for the people he sent to the vault, uh, and the horrors they would face down there, does knowing make it worse? Like either Osiris had no idea and he wanted these people to go figure it out and the nightmares that happened to them, or he did know and he sent them anyway.
2: Well, but that's just now we're back to the the Toland problem, right? If Toland hadn't didn't do what he did, we would not have killed Crota.
1: Right, but if this is different, if Osiris had never split the Guardians down ideological lines, then he never would have encouraged Titans to,
2: like the the first Crota fire team. They were going to go down there no matter what. Sure, but if if Cabr doesn't go down to the vault and create the Aegis, we would never defeat Atheon. So I guess that's true. So Osiris ends up getting credit if if that is what this is referencing, which we don't know for sure. Osiris still gets credit. <laughs> He's good like that. Yeah.
1: And that's even if we destroyed the vault in the first place. But we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, so we have a highlight here: Thanatonomics. That was that's your note, Cosmo.
2: Is it? I don't see it killing yourself it says, killing yourself over and over again to see what death is like
4: yes um that that's just a reminder of what that that long word means um
1: or to um, catch a glimpse at what's beyond it
4: yes um scatter grenades are very effective at that um, <laughs> type on anything <laughs> in the vault
1: touch of malice just touch of malice yourself into a corner yeah
0: and i know we've mentioned this in other episodes but uh Jared B. made an awesome yep. little animation that uh, we will post a link to um, <laughs> about thanatonautics. And me and Sherb and, and Drop do a little voiceover in that forum. And it's uh, it's really funny. It's it's good stuff.
1: <laughs> I also made a note here, uh, that line striking the fallen. Oh, you made a note here, Gabble. Yeah, well.
2: Yeah, this, all the Speaker wants is for us to go kill Sepix Prime over and over again.
1: And then later on in this card, the Speaker actually says, uh, quote, I watched as you grew tired of strike missions and the grueling, unproductive sessions with the Cryptarchs.
2: That sounds exactly like my experience in Destiny. Ex- yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> I'll give
1: the Speaker credit for one thing. Man, he he nailed it. That is, that quote should be on the box for Destiny.
2: Who wouldn't rather be <laughs>
1: than run Strikes? Come on. The Destiny Collector's Edition. I want that on a plaque. (laughs) Uh, All right, so let's talk about this fire team. Uh, And there's a lot of speculation about this. We're going to cover what we absolutely know. We're going to go over a few bullet points about popular theories uh, that do tie in here, but we're going to stick with the facts that we're able to prove for the most part.
2: Because that's what we do.
1: Uh, they have no fire team name as far as we know. Like we always refer to Eris and her team as First Crota because that's what they're mentioned as in the lore. And then if you listen to the PA announcements, uh, there's all kinds of hilarious <laughs> strike team names. Uh, but Kaber's fire team has no name. So the first one here is Kaber the Legionless. I have him listed as a striker titan, and I'll talk about why a little bit later. And actually, the, it links directly to this quote. So a quote from uh, Kaber is, What the city wants us to do, what we want to do, it doesn't make any damn sense. That phrase, tip of the spear, sounds good in speeches, but you know what happens to spear tips? They break. But that's what it takes. If the choice is between you or the wall, you break. Uh, and that is directly from Complete the Path Striker. Uh And that phrase, Tip of the Spear, is something Zavala also mentions. During that same quest, Zavala says, The dream of the city, its walls keep it together. Its spears, the strikers, are what keep it alive.
0: Uh,
1: We don't know where that phrase comes from or if Zavala created it himself. Zavala was not the Titan Vanguard during Osiris' time. That was Saladin. But given that Saladin was probably a pretty popular titan and that Zavala was Saladin's sort of protege that phrase could have been passed down to Zavala pretty easily Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: something else I guess (laughs) worth mentioning here is that uh, the dream of the city which Zavala mentions in that quote about strikers is also something mentioned by Rezal Azir who was also famously a striker titan. Uh, he uses Fist of Havoc in some of his cards. Uh, well-known striker titan, but this sort of confuses the timeline a little bit. We don't know if Kaber and Rezal Azir were contemporaries. We know later on, we'll find out that Rezal Azir is responsible for the death of one of Kaber's fire team, but we don't know how long after the Vault expedition that happened. Or how long after Osiris convinced these guys to, to go poke their heads in the vault that that <laughs> happened. So.
2: And and just because it's come up, and we won't derail on this too much, when we talk about any of these people being, and, and I'm doing air quotes that none of you can see, a striker titan, um, it's not that we don't think that other Guardians in the universe can switch classes the way that ours do. It's just that we all have preferences and we all identify one way or another, right? Yeah.
1: So, so I don't think anybody hears Lord Shaxx and thinks <laughs> Defender Titan. <laughs> yeah. You, you think Striker Titan. That's what he does.
4: Yeah, I was going to say, mm-hmm. speaking of Lord Shaxx, that Striker Titans have a bit of a reputation for going out and trying to punch things and and smash things when when other people think they should be defending the city. Yeah. Um, so it, it almost makes sense for him to be a, a Striker Titan kind of in that in that
1: yeah, not I not don't staying. know where the sentence is going <laughs> not not, <laughs> not staying home not staying home and watching yeah. the wall yeah okay. it's a bit
3: more of a go out and find the fight rather than let it come to you sort of mentality I think like go out and go out to the enemy rather than let them coming to where you are for yeah, a striker sure. as opposed to a defender
1: I also looked up the phrase tip of the spear because it seems like it would be an, an old phrase but it's everything that I found out about it refers to it as an American idiom, not from any time before. Weird. And it's just a military term that means soldiers who are the first to go into a war zone, which makes sense for strikers. Uh, it was so
3: familiar to me, but I know why now, looking at the last night, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah. And
1: then, yeah, Tip of the Sphere is also track five from the Halo Reach soundtrack by Marty O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore.
4: And it's also in a very terrible key, like... F minor or something. <laughs>
1: hey, he's a musical genius. You can't tell him what's
4: terrible. He is. I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> Just saying, trying to play along to it is, is kind of painful.
1: Uh, so the above note is highly indicative of the influence of Osiris Uh it certainly seems that K'var was fairly disenfranchised with his role regarding the Tower and the Vanguard. It's unclear if he was part of any of the major combat initiatives. He's never mentioned in Six Fronts or Twilight Gap or anything like that. But we know, from what we know about Rezul Azir and from the Osiris entry, even the best guardians were pretty much over <laughs> going on strikes nonstop. stop <laughs> uh, is described as intense sometimes by Pradith that's during Paradox uh, he was the leader of this vault fire team uh, and he ended up fighting the Vex alone in the depths of the vault uh, I have a note here that he proved unkillable by the Vex uh, but the vault itself eventually consumed him But his legend uh, persisted and then the pronunciation of his name was a mystery until the Paradox mission was released uh, as part of the Taken King it's worth mentioning though in that mission it's pronounced two different ways uh <laughs> kaber and kabir uh the <laughs> it's and it's prath who pronounces it kabir uh but the true and one pronunciation is in fact kaber uh Praedith's bag is a brain is a bag of scrambled eggs at this point so i don't trust anything he says anyway uh it is icora ray who calls him kaber uh but it is actually luke smith who created this character, who confirmed via Twitter uh, that, he, quote, I want to set the record straight. The definitive pronunciation of Kaber is Kaber, <laughs> kay
2: So there you go.
3: I don't keep saying saying Kabeer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> After all those years in the vault, Pradith just really wanted a beer. That's probably true. <laughs>
3: I mean, uh, before the Luke Smith confirmation, I was just like, I'm going to go with the one of the guy who actually knew him, no, because Ikora hasn't exactly proved the most reliable of sources at that point.
1: That's true, and I I dislike that I have to agree with Ikora about something. But
3: <laughs> but, you, but it's not agreeing, but for me it wouldn't be agreeing with Ikora, I guess, it'd be agreeing with Luke Smith. <laughs> you
1: know, I don't like agreeing with Luke Smith either, but what can yeah. you
3: do? <laughs> That's why I'm still going to say
1: could be. Uh, randomly, when I was researching sort of that name, the K-A-Y-B-E-R stuck out to me, and I didn't realize why it sounded familiar. Uh, and then I realized that there is a knife company called K-Bar, and that the Light of the Great Prism, which is the mark you get from the vault of glass, has a big old knife on the hip, so... I don't know if that was an influence or not, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> the only reason I even noticed it is because the uh, the dead orbit mark that I wear on my Titan also has the big old knife on the hip. Not that Titans ever use knives, but it keeps me connected to my Hunter when I'm playing Titan. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Hunters... <laughs>
2: uh, Behanin, uh, Behanin.
1: Hunter, no real... No real evidence of subclass for Pahenan. Uh So, who knows? He somehow escaped the vault, so I'm chalking that up to uh, Gunslinger so you can triple jump yourself out of there, but we don't know.
4: Oh, I, w- I would have gone with Nightstalker so you can invis smoke your way past everything.
1: I would love um, to say Nightstalker, but then at this point nope, we don't even know if Nightstalker was a thing.
3: No, and yeah. the impression I get from Nightstalkers is that they don't they don't necessarily fire team. Um, like, the impression you get from the Night Stalker mission is that they're a bit of, like, Lone Wolf out on their own, doing their own thing, rather than teaming up with everyone to do strikes and raids.
1: Well, <laughs> so, if they do, they team up with other Night Stalkers. I think Cade and yeah, yeah. I have a team well, of Night Stalkers on the Dreadnought.
3: So. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that's what I mean. Like, they're not necessarily team players <laughs> as far as yeah. other Guardians go. Like,
2: yeah, they're stealth ops. They just triple-tether so, everything and make... <laughs> jillion amounts of orbs yeah oh
1: man when we're we doing I love playing mid during the uh, what's-his-name the first Wrath of the Machine encounter Vosik Vosic. and using Bloodborne uh Bloodbound, Bloodbound? Bloodborne <laughs> no no Bloodborne I like to use oh. Bloodborne
2: <laughs> Bloodborne is a sweet video game
4: <laughs> no uh
1: Bloodbound, raise Lighter with the uh, the make orbs the heavy kills perk turned mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. and then what is the uh, the helmet that gives you orbs on heavy kills? Skyburner's annex. So throw a tether right in mid, and then use send one destructo disc, and you can make like twenty orbs in in one attack because all That's those amazing. perks stack on top of each other. So. I did that with PH's team. PH was playing. We had two hunters in mid, and he was a Nighthawk gunslinger, and I was an orb creation night stalker. And every time that captain appeared, it was vaporized in a second by Celestial Nighthawk. It was so nice. nice.
3: That's beautiful.
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, Bahanin. Uh Quote here from him uh, Mission goal four keep your boots clean. Five, keep your gun clean. Six, make friends with the titan never know when one will come in handy I and
3: agree. on is doesn't Ikora say his name like Pahaneen or something weird like
1: yeah that? she says his name weird too so
3: exactly my point that Ikora is not the like go to for name pronunciation <laughs> so anyway I like Pahanin. I like Pahanin. I, Pahen- me- I always said Pahanin.
1: It could be paha, like he jumps out from behind something.
3: It would be paha-neen if there was like three more eyes there.
1: Yeah. But <laughs> well, I guess if the a, if you have an, well, normally when you have two vowels separated by a consonant, it creates a hard sound in the vowel. Does that would make his name peheinane or pehay pehaynine.
0: nine. I don't like it.
3: I'm just gonna call him Bahenin. He's Bahen.
1: Whatever. He's dead. Who
3: cares?
0: Mama call him Bahenin. I call him Bahenin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've talked about him a lot in the past uh, the oft-quoted cephalopod-loving, well-written Hunter Pahanan uh, many times, he talked about in the Hunter episode, we talked him about during the exotic HMG episode, the Gallarhorn episode uh, he was described by Pradith as always talking to himself uh, the events surrounding the vault expedition would scar him for the rest of his days up to his death at the hands of Dredgen Yor who we know now is Reza Lazir. Uh, Pahainan is probably best known for the creation of Super Good Advice, designed so he'd never have to be alone again, the talking machine gun that doesn't actually talk. Um, only thing I want for Destiny 2. Not really. Uh, and I he wrote don't the Pahainan...
3: I believe it does.
1: <laughs> and he wrote the Pahainan Errata, uh, a book of quotes and observations about life as a hunter-guardian. Uh, so yeah I love
3: Pahainan I always carry the pahanan Arada as my artifact on my hunter
1: he's, he's great
3: I'll just keep leveling it up it's it's my book forever
1: <laughs> so we had the, the cephalopod thing whether or not that happened before or after the vault we don't know and I only say that uh, a cephalopod is any member of the molluscan class of cephalopodia Exclusively marine animals are characterized by their bilateral body symmetry, prominent head, and a set of arms or tentacles called muscular hydrostats, modified from the primitive mullskin foot.
3: That's I mean, like squids, octopus, cuttlefish as well? I think so. Yeah. Tentacle uh, things.
1: Tentacle things. Well, worth noting, that will not exactly a cephalopod. Uh, it doesn't seem to be a coincidence that vex harpies resemble them when they're preparing to fire they open up they're uh, symmetrical when they do and they've got the crazy tentacles going uh, or in the case of the vault the gorgons so and mm-hmm. now warlocks yes warlocks with their new body armor which is awesome looking yeah uh, yeah spoiler alert is killed by Dredgendor. <clears throat> we, we know that. We've talked about it. Uh, wait, who? Rezalizier.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we covered that one. Done. Yeah, There you go. Uh, that, that was
4: actually your, uh, your Dwindler's Ridge episode. Yeah. Just just is, right we don't need to do it anymore.
1: Episode 49, uh, Dwindler's Ridge. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> uh,. The errata, the Pahainan errata is great. So an errata is just a collected, collected, a list of corrected errors appended to a book or published in a subsequent issue of a journal. Uh, the book itself is an actual in-game item, as Sherb mentioned. It's a hunter artifact. Uh, a collection of sayings, quips, and observations by the legendary hunter Pahainan. So there's a couple of good quotes here from the errata. Uh, I think the most famous one here is from The Cloak of Hidden Agendas, which is... Oh, yeah. t- tell a titan, only a madman would go. Tell a warlock, it's too complex. Uh, Some other good ones here, too. Uh,
2: (laughs) Dynamo (laughs) Dynamo Cloak cloak is good.
1: (laughs) Your missions, protect the city, look better than the warlocks, but don't look like you're trying. Uh, He seemed to have a a hilarious relationship with the warlocks. Uh, My guess is that he was... Respectful of the Titans, especially given his relationship with Kaber, but was lovingly antagonizing towards the warlocks.
3: <laughs> That's he's pretty like quintessential hunter right there. Like <laughs> understands that Titans are stronger, so you're gonna use them to your advantage and kind of poking fun at the warlocks. It's he's like the hunter, <laughs> really. And he
1: loves so Yes. Well yeah. So we want to take octopus cloak
2: yeah if human extinction seems imminent try to relax you're just giving cephalopods a shot see
1: that could totally be like inception by the gorgons <laughs> <laughs> relax let it happen we're on our way
2: <laughs> that's right, he's, it, so the whole the whole cephalopod obsession is really just the damage done to his brain in the vault of glass right yes that's That's how I like to picture it.
4: (laughs) It it should be noted that cephalopods are very, very intelligent creatures. Um, Particularly like octopuses and stuff. You can go and read stories online of, you know, them causing all sorts, all sorts of of mischief. Um, They're
1: like just like dog level, right? Yeah, go go to YouTube. YouTube search like smart octopus. There's all kinds of crazy videos.
3: They predict sports games.
1: <laughs> I mean,
2: <laughs>
3: there you go.
1: There you go. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he was a huge fan of Japanese hentai, and that's why he likes him so much. But.
3: It's valid. Uh. <laughs> as an as an aside, like I know it's not confirmed, but personally, I always thought the um, oh, what's it called? The frumious cloak was Pahenin. Just because of the tone of it.
1: Oh, it could be. I didn't include all the quotes here. I just pulled some.
3: Yeah, it doesn't say it's... I, I mean, quickly look it up. Um, it's not from the errata? No, it doesn't say it's from him, but just it says, Tell the warlocks your cloak is frabjus. They respect words they don't understand. And to me, that sounds oh. exactly like something he'd say.
1: That sounds like it belongs in the errata.
3: It doesn't say it is, but I always thought that <laughs> was him. And I love that quote. <laughs> uh,
1: probably one of the most popular quotes for Titans uh, comes from the Molnia type zero this is actually a Pehanan quote talking about Wei Ning uh, and this is also interesting too because this places Pahainan as a contemporary of Wei Ning which means that Pahainan was alive at least up until uh, the great disaster on the moon Bream. she says so I ask Wei Ning what about the darkness itself what then and she says I'll punch it too <laughs> uh, yay titans <laughs> yeah I mean that's pretty much that sums up I mean Wei Ning is like the titan yeah right. so
3: it's the hunter with the titan and <laughs> hey, so name
1: will pop up related to the vault again
2: That we can credit Panin with the highest squitter cloak too right
3: oh for sure oh, yeah, if it's a squid cool. theme yeah. definitely
2: <laughs> you've got to be squidding me yeah
3: uh, yeah, if it, it's squid themed, I think it always relates back to Pahanen because his he's love of the cephalopods is well documented.
2: Yep, yep. Oh, shout Actually, out to. Get Away from Black Shmi.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See you over there. I'll give a shout out to Legend Comp, who's one of our listeners. Uh, we were discussing Striker Titans, and he mentioned that he gave up life as a hunter to become a Striker Titan because he loves to punch things. So <laughs> I guess I can't fault him for that.
4: When I when I leveled up my Titan, it was entirely. I didn't fire my gun ever. It was entirely just punching <laughs> things.
1: Oh, I should I should post the GIF of my brother as a striker killing three hunters in a Trials of Osiris match uh, on Striker. He he takes down the Gunslinger at range. He then dodges two shadow shots and kills the Night Stalker mid shade step and then it's a standoff between him and the Blade Dancer. The Blade Dancer comes running at him, and it goes into Arc Blade, and right as he gets right to my brother, my brother punches him, and he just got, he just gets vaporized into blue mist. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was a sad day for Hunters, but I'm glad that he's such a good striker.
3: <laughs> yeah, strike is, a, strike is a fun titan. I love my Hunter. My Hunter is the best, but on my Titan, I'd only been a, what's it, Hammer Titan, and that's when my my boyfriend convinced me to try a Striker, and, whoo, <laughs> yeah. that's fun.
1: It's so I put much on, fun. It,
3: it was like this is kind of cool, and then it was like now try it with Peregrine Greaves. Oh, Never man. look back. Yep. Never look back. I'm kicking everything in the face.
1: <laughs> Giant knee blade knives.
3: Because I jump uh, so much because I'm a hunter. <laughs> <'Cause>,
1: <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna let you one of you warlocks take this last one.
2: <laughs> yeah, the monolith bleed for warlock gloves. I can't shake hands with warlocks. I just get so nervous they're going to vaporize me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you shake somebody, one of their hands too hard and Nova bomb just shoots out of it.
3: <laughs> they're just like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I can't. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
1: Although, if I guess if a warlock wearing, like, nothing manacles or sunbreakers, like, offered their hand in a handshake, I'd be like, maybe not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, you've got nothing manacles, sunbreakers, impossible machines, no thanks, don't want to touch oh, that. Oh, yeah, impossible machines, exactly. Fidian, uh, no, don't want to touch that that thing has a freaking snake on it.
3: <laughs> that's when you just sort of high-five him and run away.
2: <laughs> no, that's... High-five. Air high-five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give, give and from go. like <laughs> way outside of shotgun range.
1: I'll do what I normally do, which is the slow clap, and then shade step away. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh my I mean, you god! Need to <laughs> get finger guns and shade step away. Yeah. <laughs> I got
4: angry messages during Iron Banner for from slow clap. Oh, so
1: good.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Everything. Although I did I from the nightfall last week I got the mind blown one so I've been using that. I've been using that on my warlock a lot <laughs> especially when people die in like a strike I just stand in front of their ghost and mind blown uh, and I can't tell if it's better or worse than slow clap uh, all right so the guy the guy who we've quoted twice already about these the this fire team is Praetith. And I have Warlock here question mark because this raid really dropped when Bungie was very, very much pushing the the sort of like golden trifecta of Hunter Titan Warlock in almost all the early writings that seems to be the the pinnacle of Guardians is this three man team. Hunter Titan Warlock. It takes one of each. Uh, it makes sense that Predith would be a Warlock. There's other evidence here. We'll talk about it in a minute. But it very much seems like, okay, this guy was the Warlock. Uh, but I mean, there's, yeah,
3: and this was the original raid. Like, yeah. the the end raid of the original game, where it was very much centered around having one of each. The three Guardians. Like, on all the art and everything so I would not be surprised if that but, it, it, actually I'd be more surprised if they had two of one of them because it seems yeah. unbalanced then for the original game
1: yeah so I haven't it. uh, it's never definitely definitively confirmed that Prey there's a warlock but there's a lot of clues that lead us in that direction especially considering the heavy inclusion the reliance on the golden trifecta hunter warlock titan used by Bungie the much of the vanilla destiny uh, which we Believe or is an extension of the golden triangle, which, if you're a Halo fan, you'll recognize the bungee golden triangle is weapon, grenade, melee, and that's a lot of that design philosophy carried into Destiny. So, it just sort of makes sense. I uh, have a quote here from Pradith: "The Vex won't spare the city. They won't even thank you. But that's the thing about the light—you never know where it will shine." Uh We talked about Prydith a lot during the No Time to Explain uh, episode uh, for No Time to Explain uh, soon. And the story mission Paradox. Uh, We did a huge deep dive into Paradox. Uh, He was a scout, a researcher, and a scholar for future war cult. uh, And he was heavily involved in quite a few mysteries prior to his involvement in the vault. uh, And those mysteries continue to haunt him long into his imprisonment. So for Scout, and we'll talk about Prada's ghosts in a second, uh, but this is where I pull these, this Scout researcher scholar thing. So as a Scout from Blood in the Garden, uh, Praetis ghost reports, the black garden sprawls before me. It twists and shifts almost too fast to follow, sometimes grounded on Mars, sometimes somewhere else. Through its twisting passages lurches, through its twisting passages, lurches as hulking construct called forth by the faith of the soul progeny and the groundskeeper keeps them safe uh, we talked about the soul progeny last episode so this seems to indicate that Pradeth was in the Black Garden at some point he, he made it all the way there and sort of did his, his piece to look around certainly not the first warlock to make it into the Black Garden uh, and also at for in the quest shadows at twilight, there is a quote. Uh, it's the gap, just like in the historical archives, all laid out before me, but it's dark, shadowed. There's some kind of presence hanging over the area. It's sentient, some kind of mind. I can feel it watching me. There are pools of light sprinkled about like jewels in the night. And then as fast as it's there, it's gone. And so am
4: I. So can we take this as evidence that um, Predeth wasn't at Twilight Gap because he he doesn't recognize it? He recognized it from from archives?
1: Yeah, I mean, that that is sound to me. Which is weird. Oh, I guess it's not that weird. Because Osiris was at Twilight Gap. Well, I, I guess he was at Six Fronts and not really confirmed for Twilight Gap. I mean, it's Osiris. I'm sure he was involved
2: somehow. But... <laughs> He was actually there in seven different places at once. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, And then as a researcher, uh, same thing uh, from the mission Approach Twilight Gap. says, what are these ripples, these visions? Is the darkness something that will be or something that might be? Uh, And it seems like there's hints here that Praetis... These ripples, and we know from these missions that these ripples, these fluctuations, these things are being caused by Oryx interference. But this all happened w- way, way, way before any of that. So he was able to pick up on some of these inconsistencies occurring in these areas uh, before long before we ever got there. <clears throat> and then as a Oh, go ahead.
4: This quote is is similar to the, um, the Descendants remark card where um, they say that the continued existence of the Vex is not remotely a sure indication of humanity's extinction. Um, so kind of, is, is the darkness and the Vex, are they going to happen no matter what, or, or can we still change change our fate and survive?
1: Very much seems like the thinking of a warlock.
2: Yeah, all this is definitely very warlock.
1: (laughs) And then as a scholar from the mission, the Eye of Atheon, quote, you think of time, I love this quote, by the way, Uh, you think of time as a constant companion right up until you're drowning in it, suffused in time, shivering under the glare of the conflicts. You will know what I know. Time is a predator and it cannot be sated. Uh, And that speaks a little bit to his, his experience in the vault yeah. Uh, and if you, we have the, I have all the timestamps here from these files, but we don't know in what order really that Prath is even experiencing time, <laughs> because this last quote is from file 00003 which means it should be one of the earliest ones. But then, this is a strange quote. So, because at this point he's already imprisoned. Uh, by the so so speak to Lakshmi too. every every timeline I see through the door of my cell every sliver of reality bears one constant her she's always there standing sometimes off to the side sometimes in the foreground sometimes sad sometimes speaking to herself and always carrying a gun <clears throat> so when we talked about the no time to explain quest we this quote we believe to be the exo stranger is who he's yeah, talking.
2: absolutely yeah um,
1: i don't know how he knows that she's sad because she's an exo and her face does not change but <laughs> but uh but that's file that is one of the first files from the ghosts but at this point he's already imprisoned so who knows uh, and it's weird that he could record onto a ghost after being imprisoned, so who knows.
4: And, and this is very similar to how um, Lockstream 2 refers to the Excess Stranger as, as her.
1: Yes. Uh, which makes sense, because he was a if, clown college major. Hey. Apparently. <laughs> uh, up until the release of Paradox, and then even afterwards, the fate of Predith remains one of the most terrifying examples of the power of the Vault. Uh, okay, so that's three. Let's talk about three, because raids take six. Or do they? <laughs> or do not, they?
4: Not if your drop slash.
1: I mean, <sighs> like three-man Wrath of the Machine. Uh, three-man Crota.
3: Crota doesn't... People one-man Crota. Just people one-man like,
1: Crota blindfolded on the Nintendo Power trackpad thing.
3: I don't think Crota really comes into... power. Like the, It doesn't match the difficulty of the vault, as, and especially the mechanics of the vault in terms of how many people can actually... Tricks. A minimum that can make it through. You can't one... Maybe you can one man the vault. I don't know. Might be ways to trick it. You can two man the vault.
1: There's a video of it. And you can definitely three man the vault. I've seen somebody's solo confluxes.
4: <laughs>
3: right. But there's mechanics that bar you from getting through certain areas without more people. Isn't Correct. There? Correct. Yeah.
1: So, all right. So what happened to these guys? Uh, why is their story important? And what does it have to do with our experience in the vault? Okay, so as far as we know, Caber, Praethe, and Pahanan opened the vault as a three-man fire team. Uh, this comes from Paradox. Uh, this is Praethe speaking. I don't know why they're letting me speak. Now, after so long. But if anyone is listening, I came into the vault with two others. Kaber was intense sometimes, and Behanan was always talking to himself. But they don't deserve this. No one does. There are a lot of theories that Behanan and Praetith were from a fire team that entered the vault after Kaber uh, and encountered him there just prior to his transformation, but we're going to, that doesn't. That's a good theory, but I mean, Praetis, again, now it's like, well, is bad brain, like, total scrambled eggs, and he has no idea what he's talking about? Uh, so this is a heavily debated topic, the power of the vault uh would allow for the complete removal of any other guardians from the timeline in which they entered the vault, meaning that Praetis' recounting of their raid is potentially unreliable, as evidenced by other aspects of his accounting, like his pronunciation. Uh, (laughs) This is also backed by Caber's accounting of the vault, which is, quote, No one can open the vault alone. I opened the vault. There was no one with me, but I was not alone.
2: Yeah, he He was with his Sparrow, and he just jammed it right up in the door. (laughs) (laughs) He went to Campus 9 and then came back.
1: (laughs) Uh, On the other hand, it is completely possible for a well-coordinated, skilled three-guardian fire team to open and defeat the Vault. Uh, And even as far back as 2014, uh, there was a Kotaku interview with Luke Smith. And so Kotaku says, do you think the raid could be completed with fewer than six players? And then Luke says, yeah, I saw a video this week where a group completed it with less than six. So Kotaku says, um, what's the smallest group you've seen it completed with? And Luke says, three. Uh, very, very intelligent and clever use of game mechanics. So even as far back as 2014, beating the vault with three was not unheard of.
2: Only so. thanks to self-res.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, again, in 2014, you could cheese the vault so badly
2: that... <laughs> oh, that's uh, true. You could you could kill Atheon before he teleported anybody.
1: Yeah. You could force so. a Templar right off the edge with solar grenades. <laughs> yes. I did that one time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that when we get to the Templar. Yeah. Uh, so what stands counter to this? Well... In the Paradox mission, we find three ghosts in the vault, uh, and they're some of the best cards in Destiny, those Grimoire cards, Mystery, the Vault of Glass 1, 2, and 3, uh, none of which seem to belong to Kaber. Uh Praetis is found at the very end of the Daily Heroic version of Paradox, and Bahanian escaped the vault, so it's assumed that his ghost would not have been in there. It is possible that these three ghosts are the ghosts of the other three guardians who are now lost to time. Uh, so these ghosts are appropriately titled Mystery Vault of Glass 1, 2, and 3. They remain some of the biggest mysteries in all of Destiny and the clues to what may lay ahead for the story of Destiny, but we're going to discuss them later. Uh, but yeah, they're crazy. Uh, go read Mystery Vault of Glass 1, 2, and 3. they are They're still gigantic question marks. Especially with now it's been revealed about Destiny 2.
2: Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. Uh, not that we should. It's not a thing yet. Yeah. <laughs> but Destiny 2 was announced since our last episode. That's correct. <laughs> Age of Triumphs did come out since our last episode. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, I guess that's true. It's been quite a busy time.
1: It has been. I'm so no, mad about it. Gary. So, whatever. Yeah. Uh, However, when you pick up all three of these ghosts, it triggers communications by Praetith. So, it's possible that Praetith recovered these ghosts in the vault and recorded over them, but it's also plausible that they all belong to maybe Praetith from other timelines, meaning that the original fire team is all that ever really entered the vault. Uh... For what it's worth, the Vault of Glass Grimoire card, Image, which is exclusively about Caber's experience, features six Guardians running into the Vault, so that's another question mark. Then again, we have learned to not trust the Images on those cards, which is why everybody thought that Gredgen Junior was a Warlock forever. Guess what? He was a Striker Titan.
3: <laughs> yeah, everyone was arguing Warlock or Hunter for Gredgen Yeah. actually, now that I think of it.
2: Yeah, nobody thought Titan. Yeah. So
1: also, and I pulled this out. So there's also the question of Alamir. There's a ship in the game called Alamir's Lament. It was added in House of Wolves. And the flavor text reads, would that I stopped him before he drank? There is no other reference that that could be. There's nothing else in any of the story or grimoire that relates to drinking or the consumption of something as famous as the one we're about to read uh, so whether or not this could be the lament of somebody who had known Caber and heard his story from Pahenin or possibly was a fourth member of the vault fire team and was just completely erased from time by the power of the vault we don't know we, we just have this tiny bit of text
4: uh, before we get too far away from this um, if, not to go into to too much speculation but if you start to introduce multiple timelines into the vault um, a whole lot of um, stuff makes a lot more sense um, but the the unfortunate part is there's not a whole lot of evidence for there being multiple timelines it's just there's a lot of things that if you speculate that it, it works out much better than than it currently does where we have a bunch of ghosts with Pratith, you know talking over them, but we don't know
1: how they got there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We also don't know how they get to where they are in the vault. Uh, I mean, the first one's not that difficult uh, with that alternate path, but up out towards the end, you know, we've already bypassed, well, potentially farther than any of them ever got in the vault, but we'll talk about that right now. (laughs) Like, how did they even get there? Uh, so, whether or not it was three or six, uh, Kaber and co. managed to open the vault and press onward into the Templar as well. It is currently unknown if they faced and or defeated the Templar, but at least Kaber encountered the Oracles, and that encounter is recorded by Bahainin. Uh So, to quote Kaber, as recorded by Bahanan, You will meet the Templar in a place that is a time before or after S.T.A.R.S., The stars will move around you, and mark you, and sing to you. They will decide if you are real. Uh, Things get weird past this point, because it's impossible to know how far any of the fire team actually make it into the vault, even though Kaber recounts the name Atheon directly to Pahanan. He says, in the vault time phrase, and a needle moves through it. The needle is the will of Atheon. I do not know the name of the shape that comes after the needle. Uh, it does not prove that Caber ever encountered Atheon. He may have received this information from Osiris, as Osiris is already very deep into the study of the Vex at this point. Um, what we do know, though, uh, is that at some point, Caber, who is unkillable by the Vex for whatever reason, probably because he's a striker titan and they're unkillable, uh, He sacrifices himself in an effort to transform himself into a weapon to be used later by other guardians who come after him to overcome the challenges of the vault. Uh, As told by the last words of Caber the Legionless in the grimoire for Relic the Aegis. He says, I have destroyed myself to do this. They have taken my ghost. They are in my blood and brain. But now there is hope. I have made a wound in the vault. I have pierced it and let in the light. Bathe in it and be cleansed. Look to it and understand. From my own light and from the thinking flesh of the vex I made a shield. The shield is your deliverance. It will break the unbreakable. It will change your fate. Bind yourself to the shield. Bind yourself to me. And if you abandon your purpose, let the vault consume you as it has consumed me. Now it is done. If I speak again, I am not Kaber. Oh, that's so good. It's such a good, good card. <laughs> uh, so let's break it down a little bit. Let's talk about some of the things that, that are in there, because uh, this reveals a lot of sort of the fate of Kaber. <clears throat> so the first note here is that from the line, they are in my blood and brain. Uh, this is a reference to an earlier statement made by Kaber, where he says, I drank of them. It tasted like the sea heavily implies. And it's pretty much universally believed that at some point Kaber decided to drink the radiolaria data milk, which is the very life form. The Vex is, uh, (laughs) remember the last episode, uh, the Vex are not machines. The Vex are an organic life form, a silicate, organic life form. Uh, and there, that, that white liquid is the Vex, and, you know, Cabra was thirsty being down there and decided that he would drink them.
2: <laughs> and they were salty.
1: And they Much were like
2: salty. Destiny players. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is also backed up by a lot of the uh, and it's widely believed this drove him sort of over the edge. Uh, and this is backed up by a lot of the armor that will appear later on in the game. We'll talk about the the drops when we get to the more of the mechanics of the vault at the end. But there's some important lines here, a couple of them. So from the Prime Zalot Helm, Forge from the cores of the Hazen Vex. If you feel a sense of revelation, remove immediately and inject Uh, anti-ethnogens. And and, oh, and theogens and theogens are chemicals that induce altered states of consciousness, psychological or physiological, often used in religions or philosophical circles to help sway individuals to certain camps. Uh, in the case of the VEX, the organism itself seems to have anthogenic elements based on exposure. Uh, we talked about this also in the VEX fragment cards where exposure to the VEX, like makes you
2: see crazy time, uh, and he drank them. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, my warlock has vex legs. I mean, there you go. Uh, it's
1: backed up by a couple of, uh, gloves of the Hazen Lords' capable gauntlets, extremely effective. I have only one piece of advice: never touch a living vex. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: uh, so, this, I, this would be good s-
1: advice for you, Gable. <laughs> Skin in the membranes it. of the haze and vex, there is very little risk they will become permanently attached to your body.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, it looks like they did.
4: <laughs> so somewhere in here I, I had a note about um, the blood-brain barrier. Yes. Um, which um, is basically it's it's a, a thing in your brain um basically made up of cells um, that prevents foreign objects um, from getting into the brain from the bloodstream. And so it's a a very important um, defense mechanism of the brain. Um, Basically, it it prevents stuff that shouldn't be there. Um, It also prevents medication from getting into the brain. So if you're trying to design some sort of medicine, you have to be very um, tricky on how you get – your medicine into the brain um and that's why a lot of times if you have something wrong with your brain like you have an infection or you drink some vex milk um it affects <laughs> you real bad because it's, it's hard to treat um oh. you, couldn't yes. call, you
1: couldn't call couldn't call like cbs pharmacy from the depths of the vault and be like <laughs> i need some anti and and
4: but yeah basically it it kind of splits um Things into two categories, so so molecules and, and stuff like that that can cross this barrier, versus ones that can't. Um, so basically, it's this this is completely in in all of his system. There's there's no part of him that's untouched by these effects. There
1: you go. Good work, Kamer. Then the follow up line, but now there is hope. This is something that gets echoed a lot. It gets echoed by Kaber, It gets echoed by Praydith. uh So there's a recounting by Pradith where he says, I had a friend back in the tower. She used to say, Praetith, there's always room in the back of the mind for hope. It's the crack that lets the light in. The Vex have no hope, no imagination, no drive, no fear. All they have is the pattern. Everything must fit. If it can be made to fit, good. If it can't, it gets cut away. We don't know who this person is. This quote. Uh, There's always room in the back of the mind for hope. It's the crack that lets the light in. Uh, but even in this very passage. Kaber echoes that sentiment. Praetith talks about that sentiment. This friend. Is still a big question mark. In Destiny. But she certainly had an effect on Praetith and Kaber. Uh And these philosophies of hope and being the opportunity for the light. Uh, it, I mean, it seems pretty important for the missions of the guardians, uh, but it's not attributed to anybody that we currently know, whether it be waning or anyone like that. So, and that's the same thing here with, with and let the light in. So, uh, be cleansed. This will be important later. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Take a bath.
1: Uh, I have some notes here on <clears throat> I Have Made a Shield. We'll talk about this way more in depth when we talk about the Aegis itself. Uh, because the Aegis falls both in with the, the mythology of destiny and the Vault of Glass, but also with Greek and Roman mythology where the word comes from. Uh, and how that relates to the names of a lot of the Vex and the mythology behind a lot of the Vex. Uh, so, but Aegis means the, the protection, backing, or support of a particular person or organization. It's a modern concept of doing something under someone's Aegis means doing something under the protection of a powerful, knowledgeable, or benevolent source, which is exactly what the Aegis is. Uh, but in the mythology, the Aegis was the shield of Zeus, sometimes the breastplate of Athena, uh, crafted by Hephaestus, god of blacksmiths. Uh, Hephaestus employed cyclopses in his forge, and the Aegis bore the head of a gorgon. So you can sort of see where that's going. <laughs> <laughs> now, the allegories speak for themselves. Uh, also, and we'll talk about this when we get to this part of the vault. The idea of shields, especially shield patterns from geomancy, are incredibly Important to the vault and Alpha Lupi, uh, the relic being an Aegis, which is a shield, uh, the seven pointed star of warding, um, the shield against demonic opponents, the Key of Solomon, the Templar shield. It all it all fits together, man. Uh, <laughs> Illuminati confirmed.
4: Um, I have uh, a, a brief note about the uh, the lead and the light quote, um, which if you managed to pay attention to the last episode when I talked a little bit about quantum mechanics, um, I don't know if we cover this later um, in this episode at least, but there is a deep relationship between um, what causes timelines to split and kind of background noise in quantum mechanics. Um, And so kind of letting in the light is, in a a quantum sense, letting in all this background noise and, and particles is one way to mess with timelines. Um, so it, it's meant both literally the light that the guardians wheel, but also letting in the light would, would really mess with the, the quantum um, computing and the quantum devices in the vault, um, because you're letting in all all these particles that the VEX um, didn't really plan for.
1: And they have a difficult time predicting as well. Yeah, that seems like it. I think the implications of letting in the light and like it sounds like a little a little floofy no no insults to warlocks uh, but yeah on a, I guess like on a quantum level it's, that's really important to, to mess in with them so there you go You think Cabra was a quantum physicist uh break the unbreakable this will be important later uh <laughs> yes gavel that is a brave reference to changes <laughs> <that code>. uh, <laughs> uh,
3: I just noticed this. the notes that's beautiful <laughs>
2: luckily no one hearing this has any idea what we're talking about correct I,
1: uh, I'm just assuming that you or x-ray will insert the, that in in post.
3: Maybe maybe <laughs> that'll
2: be the name of the episode.
3: <laughs> uh, Brave's a good movie.
2: <laughs> well, and, and the
3: bond to change your fate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear.
2: Uh, there you go. Speaking of bonds,
3: uh, <laughs> find yourself to the shield.
1: There you go. Uh-huh. As it has consumed me at that that last line there, although he also consumed it. So, good job. Good job. I'm good job. Consumed. Yeah, good good job, Kaber being the Arroboros uh, of vex consumption.
3: <laughs> I'm pretty sure All he's right. not a quantum physicist. If his first thought <laughs> was like, "Ooh, vex milk," no, 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 no. I I
1: so the March of science was yesterday uh, all over the world. I get the feeling that scientists do a lot of wacky things when nobody's looking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I am not, I am not, not convinced that Caber was not a scientist sure. and whose first thought was like, I totally can drink this.
3: <laughs> I'm going to drink this next milk, the science. What's as,
4: the
2: worst that could happen
3: yeah. as, as a
4: scientist. Um, I will. I am obligated to report that that does not happen, and most scientists are smart enough to know not to do that and have taken enough safety training courses to know what happens if you would. On the other hand, I am also a scientist without a lab, um, or any chemicals or anything fun like that. I just have a laptop. Um, so, so what do I know?
3: Have you tried eating it just to see what happens.
4: My laptop? No, I I have not actually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it is an option recordings that'll abruptly end in about fifteen
2: minutes with
3: <laughs> I mean as long as you write it down, it's pretty much science
1: uh there you go. That's your summary of science.
3: I mean he did record what it tasted like it was he was doing research
1: I guess I guess he had enough foresight to know that it wouldn't be him later either uh. As we'll discuss later, this description of the vault and the Aegis mostly applies to the battle with the Templar, so it's unlikely that any of them ever made it past this point. Whoa, Speculation. Uh, <laughs> even if Caber's team managed to flawlessly defend each Conflux, there would be no pool of light to cleanse them because they had become marked for negation. They would just Although this could explain the missing three, like maybe they had six and three of them just... There's no Aegis and no pool of light yet, so they couldn't be cleansed and were just Wiped out by the Templar and the Oracles. Uh, mechanically, the Templar shield is impenetrable. So without the Aegis to fight the Templar with, this encounter would have been impossible to overcome. But this all presumes that the vault was in the exact same state for Kaber that it is for us. The vault we encounter could be the result of weaknesses exposed in the vault by Kaber, which have been, uh, fixed by the vex before we get there, so it's impossible to know. Uh, and like we mentioned earlier, yeah, with some with some straight up year one cheese, you can overcome the Templar without the ages <laughs> uh, yeah. by making him take a long walk up a short pier. Uh,
4: and so maybe they
3: had all the cheeses, all the cheeses. There you go. That, that we don't have, and they're like, we better patch this.
1: And then I mentioned the spirit bloom path here because uh, during a charity stream, Luke Smith revealed that hiding in this room during the legions phases was something they never encountered in testing. Uh, As it was the result of them adding a second path down to the Gorgons and not sealing it off before the end of the fight. (laughs) Uh, So that spirit bloom path where we all used to hide, I think it's blocked off now. It
2: is. It is blocked off now.
1: Uh, But that wasn't blocked off originally uh and it's because because they never encountered it in testing so the possibility exists here right that they never had to overcome the templar in the first place because the spirit bloom path was open and they just took that deeper into the vault uh which seems like a huge oversight on the part of the vex but we don't know what the vault looked like before Kaber and his crew got in there uh it's also worth noting that the Templar's well is kind of the point of no return in the vault. It is extremely difficult to escape the vault unless you are Surfa Boy or Jewboy 300. Uh, and Behanan does escape the vault. That's I mean, it's confirmed. Bahanin escapes the vault. Uh, so maybe he did not jump down into the well. Maybe they just sat up on that ledge while Kaber waxed philosophical before jumping down there. Like, we don't know. And Kaber's Wait. like... Oh, Pain. And was like, you know what? Peace. Have fun down there. I'm out of here.
4: They probably just all have icebreakers and just camp the ledge. Oh, that's essential. The oracles from <laughs> up there.
1: For what it's worth, that couldn't have happened because Kaber describes the oracles to Behanan. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how he wasn't wiped out. How Painen was not wiped by the the oracles. I mean, maybe. Who knows? Maybe they didn't encounter them in the same way that we did. Uh, maybe there were no legions. Maybe there was no uh, ritual yet. Maybe it was. Maybe all the vault that we know is a result of the Vex adapting to the presence of Guardians, and it was totally different before we got there. It's yeah, impossible to like, say.
3: Like you were saying, it's presume, we're presuming that it's the same for us as for them. Like it probably wasn't. If they really were the first to go into the vault, it was probably didn't have any of the Guardian defenses that it does now. Yeah. Because we know Guardians are very different to other um, forces against the Vex. So
1: The Vex could never have ever simulated or predicted that the Guardians would get in there because it can't predict or simulate the Guardians. So everything, the Vault now, could be a purely reactionary state to the presence of the Guardians that came
4: before us. Yeah. And it's as we'll see later, um, the vault reacts to the presence of our fire team in a very adaptive way, um, even while we're fighting it. Yes. Um, the 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 actual stages of the of the fight, from the uh, the conflicts to the the oracles to the templar, is a a very rational and adaptive um, pattern. So it's it's not inconceivable that if they're doing that to us, they also did that to the earlier guardians who managed to get in.
3: Yeah, at which point there might have been little to no defenses to start with that just sort of built up as they went through. If the Vex cannot simulate how to defend against Guardians. Yeah. And there might have been more paths in and out as well. See. I mean down to the uh down to the Templar is um it's a big gap. There could have been something there in between. That is now gone. Sorry.
1: Yeah, there's no, there's no telling. And this is what one of the things that makes the vault so great, right? Like there's just the possibilities represented by the vault are just infinite. Uh, there's a lot of
3: what-ifs. Yes. Or possibilities.
1: <laughs> this would also mark, though, a logical place for the fate of Pratith, a fate determined by the Templar and the Oracle's. <laughs> Uh, as described by Kaber, and as we'll discuss later, the Oracles, along with the Gorgons, have the power to effectively determine the state of existence for anything within the Vault. Uh, in what is probably the most terrifying piece of flavor text in the game, the original fate of Praetith was described on Praeth's timepiece. Uh, and that reads, he was skipped like a stone on time's ocean. This is what's left. Uh, and there's no known attribution of that quote it just says unknown uh, so yeah that is that is the nightmare you face when you go up against the oracles that they can just decide you know what you you don't exist we're just going to put you somewhere else uh, or maybe no place or maybe just you know send you tumbling through infinite time uh, this was once described as weaponized ontology uh, which is a term credited to a Reddit post that is now deleted, uh, which included a description of the Vault of Glass before it was released. Uh, I'm going to save a lot of this discussion for the next episode. Uh, it includes that description uh, and a couple of other notes here, but we'll talk about that when we get to the actual oracles and the Gorgons themselves. Uh, also, we don't know who is unknown. Who is unknown? <laughs> wait cosmo can you not can you not skip a stone
4: oh i was no i can skip stones i was just this is i think one of my comments from from 1 a.m yesterday um <laughs> <laughs> i'm reading some of these comments i made and i have no idea what i was trying to i was trying to say and it doesn't help that a lot of them are are notes about quantum me- mechanics to myself but i don't know and no i was more pointing out that it's hard to skip a stone in the ocean because the, the water is very rough and the
3: stone just kind of sinks
1: um, not in the Dead Sea.
3: That's not. It's not an ocean. It's a sea.
1: Curse you! Uh, hey, this is Times Ocean. It can do whatever it wants. <laughs> just, just for those at home, I'm going to read one of Cosmos' notes. I don't know what this is linked to. Oh, it's linked to this very state of existence piece. Uh, this is the note that he left for us. <laughs> Something something about unitary operators. In MWQM, unitary operators specify the state of the system both forward and backward in time. Determining the future also determines the past that led to that future. It is one, it is one way of erasing something from the timeline. Contrast to Copenhagen interpretation where wave function collapse is non-unitary and it's possible to get information about the past state from the current or future one. So, put that in your craw. And let it yeah. sift around for a while.
4: Yeah, I, I can <laughs> I can explain that when we do oracles if we want. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> the, no, the the one that I'm I'm <laughs> Some...
1: The super oh look at the superposition one. That's got funny symbols in it.
4: Oh yeah, that that was today when I
1: <laughs> straight line x one carat and straight line x two carat is not AT both straight line x one carat and straight line x two carat.
4: Yeah, pipe. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah that, That's the the quantum flux that we haven't.
1: Yeah, so you have probably yeah. a good a good description. So I just wrote the words quantum flux because that's what I was able to pull around. But so my quote here is that basically Pratish was put put into a state of quantum flux, essentially having his position in space time infinitely batted around, leaving behind only his weapons, which is further backed up by the text on the weapon Pratish's Revenge, which reads Pretus fall isn't over. Because it hasn't happened yet, and it will happen again.
4: Yeah. So, so the the note here is that, um, so people have probably heard of this in, in Schrodinger's cat, where you have you have a cat in the box, um, and you don't know if the cat is alive or dead. Um, so they say it's a superposition of these. Um, but the the thing about the superposition states is, it's not that the cat is alive or dead; it's that it is in the alive and dead state which is a completely different object um it, it behaves completely differently than basically a cat that is alive or dead um, so if if you happen to find yourself in that state it would be really weird it wouldn't be <laughs> you wouldn't be seeing it's not an, an or it's an and um,
1: I love this first line right here quantum objects can be in two or more or infinite states yeah. at once.
4: <laughs> yeah. So basically you can resolve things into, into a com basically a combination of infinite states. Um, so you can take one state and kind of represent it as a, as an infinite combination of, a, of different types of states. And that's kind of the, the trick behind a lot of uh, quantum mechanics is doing these sorts of things. So you're saying, okay, We have something in um, a position state. It has this position, um, but we can represent that as a whole bunch of different momentum states, and then we can do things to the momentum states, and those will affect the position state. Um, I have no idea if that makes any sense, Um, but kind of the the magic behind all this quantum mechanics is that um, things are not... They don't have nice, like, single properties. Like, they don't have a position. They have a position state, And then you can add another position state onto that to get, you know, some other state, and it you are then in a state of quantum flux. It's it's not even well. It doesn't even have a (laughs) well-defined position at that point. (laughs) Um, And then, and then once you start to add time into it, it gets real crazy, um, (laughs) because you have to figure out how do you like time seems unique. But then Einstein says, no, time isn't unique. It's like a spatial dimension. Um, And then you get into quantum field theory, which I don't understand. (laughs) Um, And I'm going to stop talking now because I I can't even explain that. Um.
1: (laughs) So this is what happens to Prattinth. This is why I said Prattinth's brain is a bag of scrambled eggs, because if this happened to anybody, (laughs) they would be a disaster area.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Can Can I just, like, draw a little, like, similar like not similarity a um a thought that I had thing you know time ocean I just it's kind of not really relevant it's not science anyway uh recently I watched the uh the newer Alice in Wonderland movie I don't know if you've seen it the through the oh, looking no. glass one yep
1: I watched the she... everything wrong with
3: well well i watched it recently because <laughs> I hadn't seen it we were watching stuff at dinner and um there's there's time travel in it for those who haven't seen it, or have, whatever. There's time travel in it, and when she's in the in-between state, between times, she's sort of, she's in a machine that sort of flies, but it's in the big, like, rolling ocean is the sort of in-between time state. I'm just, I was just picturing that. Oh. It's this big stormy ocean, and in, under, it's both above and below her, and in the sort of waves, you can sort of see the the memories and the times. And as the waves swell and she comes near them, they become more clear. And then she, you know, flies away from them and sort of battered around in the stormy sea. I was just thinking of that, skip like a stone on time's ocean and being battered around like from time to time to memory on this stormy sea. I was just picturing that. I don't know. It was just a cool little thought that I was like, ah, oh, that had an ocean too. That was time, and it wasn't anywhere it was the in-between state between times that she was traveling in it was the uh the joining I don't know, now, now,
1: now imagine being trapped there forever
3: yeah that wouldn't be fun cuz she at least she had a <laughs> flying machine she wasn't actually being like kicked around from the waves but it was very it was very stormy so you couldn't you couldn't skip a stone on that sea it was it was a choppy sea but yeah, I oh know. Just interesting that I was like that that feature times ocean as well, and also it, it's not sciencey, and science is making my brain well, hurt. But
1: well, it's, representat- <laughs> it's a good representation. It's a good representation.
3: Yeah, so like, I mean, tumbling if, uh, you infinitely can through that YouTube that scene or something. I don't know <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: for a visual.
1: In any case, all this <laughs> serves to highlight. The absolutely terrifying abilities of the vault of glass. <laughs> uh, this is why being in there is a nightmare. Like this is like this, that this could be your fate is insane. Like it is just, you wouldn't. That's why it's funny. Like Pratith says that Behanan and Kaber didn't deserve the fate they had. But Pradith got the, he got the short straw here. Like, he really got uh, uh, the worst of this. So, uh, and this also could very much serve as the reason why Kaber is unable to recall Pradith since he was just completely removed from existence in this timeline. Or behanan because behanan escaped back to sort of our our reality, our dynamic reality, not the static reality of the vault, even though they can both recall him. Uh, the Vex determine the state of reality within the vault, and even though they're unable to simulate guardians to our pericausal nature, they are able to inflict these gruesome statuses. So Pahanan's mind and memory were completely broken, pray was trapped in this quantum flux for infinity, if that even means anything. <laughs> uh, and Kaber was completely transformed, although that was by his own will. Uh, as we discussed, Bahana would go on to escape the vault. He would also go on to create super good advice because of the terror that haunted him about all this. He never wanted to be alone ever again. That's why he created, uh, SGA. Uh, although he would eventually fall to Tregtenor's thorn. <clears throat> so that's, that's, the Vault Fire Team, be they three or six, that is the fates we know about. Uh, Kaber lives on. We, we give Kaber's death purpose. If he is even dead, we'll talk about that. Uh, nothing we can do for Behanan except use super good advice. Uh, yeah. we'll talk about it's a, hey,
2: for oracles
1: back in the day, <laughs> oracles don't count as physical things. Uh, and and poor Pratith. I mean, Pratith's fate was pretty grisly up until Paradox, when we discovered that oh, they're they're letting him out of this infinite <laughs> times ocean cage, but they lock him back in. So it's like I don't know what's worse, like being <laughs> <laughs> being like infinitely scattered through all of yeah, it's totally messed with him time and space or giving him a tiny peek out the door to talk to us, but then locking him back in again. (laughs) And who even knows? Like maybe we don't know if everything that pray recorded that we hear in paradox happened a millennia ago. Who who knows where he (laughs) ended up? He could have still (laughs) been long gone by the time the Vex opened the door. Like we don't, because all this is coming from the Vex, how can you trust any of it?
2: Or yeah, it could all just be a fake message too yeah.
4: so there's I mean, a can't find this right now but the line about before and after stars um yeah, which is some serious time traveling that's billions and billions and billions of years of, of being flung around time
1: um yeah that is Kaber's recounting of the oracles yeah. to Pahanan Uh, you will meet them Meet them in a time before and after the stars.
3: That's a lot of time.
1: Yeah. You'll meet the, <laughs> the Templar in a place that is, that is a time before or after stars. The stars will move around you and mark you and sing to you. They will
2: decide if you are real. Yeah, I think we're talking about oracles, not the actual stars. Right.
1: Yeah, Well, he says you will meet the Templar in a place that is a time before or after stars.
2: Right, but then the stars will, like, he attributes the things the oracles do to the stars. So, but did what what state does, I mean,
1: we'll talk about it when we we'll talk about the oracle, but what state does that put the oracles in?
3: What What is the actual line about the, is it before... And after stars? Is it like another superposition thing?
1: Before or after stars.
3: Okay. Because it could be that it's every time. Well, I mean... Because if you're talking, the vault is out of time. So it's every time and and none of them at the same time.
1: Yeah. If the stars are oracles, this line reads as, you will meet the Templar in a place that is a time before or after
2: the oracles.
4: Right. But that's true enough. He he tends to, if you're not paying attention in the in the first wave of Confluxes, he can he can shoot you a bunch when you're start, when you're trying to defend the middle um, <laughs> and say hi that way. <clears throat> but that's but also, if it like, if it is referring
3: vaults. to the time period before and after the stars, the stars, could that mean just that the the vault where you meet the Templar is both before or after the stars, like it's out of time. Well, That's there is just a reference to that.
1: But there's, there's no time, like the Templar as well, there's no time in the vault. They determine, like if the yeah. oracles, yeah, if the oracles have not appeared yet, then it is a time before the oracles. After you face the oracles, it is a time after the oracles. Like they, I guess. They,
3: I'm, I'm just thinking if he's referring to outside time, of time in, in the universe, the vault is before or after because it's outside of that that's i don't know i was just thinking that <laughs> it's that it's, it's it's both and neither and because it's it's not part of the same timeline it's out of, outside of that outside of the timelines
1: i'm okay with that cuz
3: uh. i don't know it just seems odd i guess i guess it makes sense with referring to the oracles as Stars, but it just seems very mixed around, maybe I don't know if he does late like late in that in that scenario, it doesn't sound like it to me. The impression I get is not that he's referring to the oracles,
2: but then he very specifically does and refers yeah. to them as stars.
3: I guess I don't know' be <laughs> lovely, lovely timey-wimey.
1: yeah, exactly, I mean for what it's worth, it certainly gives a whole new meaning to the, uh, the trials of Osiris' weapon, the Water Star. (laughs) I'm going to shoot you with the Oracles. Hmm. Right into time's ocean, which is made up of water.
3: I mean, they (laughs) are in a well. They're at the bottom of a well.
1: True. Uh, anyway, that does it for, for Kaber and his team. Uh, and there's no known recordings of anybody else entering the vault until we do. Uh so and over the course of the entire Destiny story we enter the vault 3 times in in the canon. Uh the Vault of Glass raid then again, in Wolves Gambit, which is in the House of Wolves story mission, and then again in Paradox, which is a Taken King story mission. Uh, we've discussed we've discussed Wolves Gambit and Paradox. We've definitely discussed Paradox. Uh, I don't know if we discussed Wolves Gambit at depth.
3: I think I think we did uh, mostly when we did the House of Wolves sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. Mhm. Uh, but also, again, so from what we've just described, imagine Skolas has control of the Oracles. That's not terrifying at all.
3: he wouldn't know what to do with them, though
1: well and as we'll discuss we don't know these powers don't extend beyond the vault like the vault is a very controlled environment for these things to happen Uh, so who knows what happened like if you took like an oracle like you were able to summon it like in that mission you're able he's able to summon the oracles they've got little machines underneath where they appear but whether you could take the oracle and like put it in a suitcase and then carry it out of the vault <laughs> and then like take the suitcase to the tower and open the suitcase and expect the oracle to just like oh I decide I don't want this to exist anymore like yeah. well is it a red oracle? No in I believe in Wolves Gambit there are yellow oracles which makes even less sense when we talk about what the colors of the oracle means I'm going to go back and play Wolves Gambit as soon as we're done with this show and find out <laughs> hmm. uh. So now we can move on to us opening the vault. Uh, but we're at almost two hours right now. Yeah. And if we open the vault right now, <laughs> this show is going to be like
2: six hours long. Yeah, bad things will happen and it will all be related to time. <laughs> uh, because, so we're
3: just going to drive our sparrows around the waking ruins until next episode.
1: Uh, <laughs> Because my notes on Alpha Lupi start almost immediately after the opening of the vault. <laughs> and they could be an entire show by themselves. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, they probably will be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll see it for ne- next time. We will open the vault uh, and, and we'll head inside. We'll talk about – and this is where we'll get more into sort of like the mechanical, the raid itself. Like what needs to be done to open the vault. And like, as you were doing the raid, and also sort of, uh, the story and lore sort of behind opening the vault, there's, even the act of opening the vault triggers one of the biggest mysteries we have with the vault. Uh, so, next time is gonna be a doozy.
2: Uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It should be, it should be less than a month from now. I hope so. I mean, now... <laughs> We've got all the notes right here. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So we,
1: we could do three I, shows with what I just have here. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll next
2: Sunday.
4: So. Uh, yep. But yeah. yeah so, you're asking yeah. me to plan that far in advance, huh? Well, I, I mean, um,
1: I want to point no, out this whole note about opening <laughs> the vault. About your little triumphant theme.
4: Oh, yeah. Which, which I never discovered for two years until I bought headphones.
1: And play yeah, with and now there, now, now look at this revelation in the comments.
4: There's three of them, and
1: there's three <laughs> fire team. <men>. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is the start of the mystery. Here, we'll put I'll put people's brains to work on this. Uh, opening the vault. When you open the vault, one of three little songs can play a series of chimes. Uh, the first one happens whether you lose a sync plate or not if you're on normal mode. The second plays if you lose a sync plate during hard mode and then get it back and the most distinct, the third plays only on hard difficulty if you complete the entire opening without losing a single sync plate. But what do they mean? What do they (laughs) align up
2: with? We're about to direct Um, everybody to the Raid Secrets subreddit right now.
1: Oh, (laughs) <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll read that now. I'll read that again. I'll read this again when we do the next episode, but I'm going to read this right now. Uh, a huge amount of research regarding the Vault of Glass is owed wholly to that Raid Secret subreddit. That subreddit formed because of the vault.
2: It's amazing, amazing subreddit, too. Uh, so I definitely want to give my,
1: my absolute sincerest thanks to to the folks like Seventh Circle, whose work on oh, yeah. the language yeah, yeah, yeah. of the Vex is unbelievable. That guy is. He is a mind the size of planets. Uh, <laughs> Cornholio32, Real Coolio Man, Von Zeppelin, Demolition Wolf, Surfa Boy, Jewboy300, and everybody else who has contributed to the Raid Secret subreddit, they are the true legends here. I'll, I'll make sure that all their work is referenced as we go into the rest of these episodes. But if you want to go down an internet K hole of insanity, <laughs> like, like <laughs> go to the raid Secret subreddit and just search for anything written by seven circle or anything yeah. written by like surf boy or, or Jewboy, boy through like, or watch their videos on YouTube. They're just mind bending. Uh, but a lot of what we're going to talk about, uh, is owed to the research of some of these guys. They're just, they're absolutely brilliant, and that that subreddit has caused me many long nights, fading into mornings, <laughs> and losing time. So, <laughs> uh-huh. uh Their work on Alpha Lupi is great too, uh, especially Seven Circles got his whole second obsession <laughs> with with Alpha Lupi. Uh, yeah, those guys are amazing, and a lot of what we're going to talk about is owed to them. So, I guess until next time, what is my food for thought note here? Oh, it, oh, it's why is there a door at all? <laughs> yeah, it, there's a mystery of the vault to ponder. If you don't want anybody to get in, why'd you make a door?
2: Um, what did, so it has to connect somehow. Why? The Vex can teleport.
3: I mean, it's a really nice door. <laughs> Maybe they're like, but this door looks so cool. How can we not put it here? I'm like, all right. The
4: the, the essential purpose of the door, as far as I understand it, um, is that you need some way of connecting the vault with whatever timeline you're coming in from. And so the reason you'd have a very complicated door is because it's, it's a, a, a giant quantum device that links up the vault with, with another timeline. So it's almost like a, a super vex
2: gate. Which is why they're um, called sync plates.
4: Yes. Um, now why would you, you know, we'll discuss why we can open it in, in the next episode.
1: Um, one, I mean, okay. I mean, once you're done with the vault, why, why keep the door? I mean, oh, yeah. maybe the vault, maybe the vault's not done.
2: Who knows?
4: Yeah. Or maybe you just want to get in now. I
2: don't know. <laughs> I guess, Maybe <laughs> you're worried that the Taken are going to come into the vault and you need to invite a Guardian in, and how are they going to get in if you don't have a door? Why wouldn't they
1: make the door that crazy barrier that they have in the Black Garden that you just helicopter off of if you try and hit it with Dark Drinker? <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's one of my favorite
1: things. It is amazing. <laughs> flying through the air with Dark Drinker. Yeah. <laughs> uh.
3: Where will they get their packages delivered to? Where do they get well,
1: their mail? That was sort of my my original idea. It was like, oh, maybe, and I said here, like, my nose, like, maybe that the vault, interior of the vault is its own reality. So it's impossible to, to teleport in or to move resources in and out of the vault. So they had to make a door. Uh, this is
2: like a teaser for an announcement for an announcement going on right now.
1: I know. What would happen if three minotaurs all controlled the synpets would make
2: a different spire that would open the door to a different vault? <laughs> An inverted spire that go down into Venus. <laughs> and the door would open backwards. The horrible all- ingrown spire hair. All time would come rushing out of it. <laughs>
1: instead of going in. Alright, we're done. Next time. <laughs> we'll go into the we're going to the vault next time now that we've we've already had a, a teaser for the trailer that's launching yep. for the movie.
2: <laughs> May eighteenth. May <laughs> we promised to put it out before May eighteenth.
1: Maybe. Yes. Oh, isn't there some there's some live stream reveal, isn't there?
2: That's the Destiny Two gameplay reveal.
1: Oh man, that that oh, oh there's such a good note
2: in here about don't, the, give uh, don't give it away. Don't give it away. The music. Oh, don't do give it, it away. I can do it.
3: <laughs> Next time. Next time.
2: Uh, until then, find us on Twitter at Deco Stories.
4: Yeah. Or or join the Slack and.
2: Yeah, or go to bestghoststories like and join the Slack.
4: <laughs> join the Slack and don't get any work done all day. I
2: it mean... does ruin productivity. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I don't know how I still have a job. You mean this podcast isn't your job? Uh, sadly.
4: <laughs> what was the thing? Oh, it was when I was I was looking at these notes. When I was like, I was like, I have, I have stuff I need to write about <laughs> quantum mechanics that isn't this. <laughs> I was just totally distracted. <laughs>
1: uh, all right, I don't know. I think we lo- X-Ray ended up with a fate of Bradith.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know if he's still in my fire team. <laughs> uh, my controller's off because I haven't been touching anything. There we go. Uh, yeah, he's still active in my fire team. Where is he? <laughs> he's playing Dark oh, Souls. i run over here and find him. He's not playing
1: Dark Souls. Go sarcastically slow clap at him and see what happens.
2: <laughs> I can I can praise the light at him. That's my currently equipped emote. Oh, that's
3: oh, good yes. enough.
2: Yeah. Also, my robe is glitched. What?
4: How?
1: Is it miss- is it missing the bottom half?
2: Yeah.
4: Oh yeah, that's fun. When warlock, <laughs> warlock decided to just put on sweatpants today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, I'm not going to wear fancy today. I'm just gonna keep my yoga pants on my vex legs. Awesome. I mean, you can't oh, well, take you him have, off.
1: You have the Vex legs, too, so that's to look extra derpy.
2: X Ray actually just left my fire team. Mm-hmm.
3: No. Oh, well, I think we lost him. He's lost a the time.
1: He's lost the time. Lost Lost in the dark corners of time.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, oh
1: wait. wait I, that's, that's, for, that's for a later episode.
3: <laughs> Speaking of lost to time, that's... that's like, I know we just talked about it. That's probably my favorite like theory of if there were six people and um, the oracles, whatever, just wiped out three of them entirely. Just completely and totally.
1: Yeah, like you don't exist here. Like, and you never, ha- you never have to.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's why they. Yeah, that's my favorite because it just makes it so much more terrifying. That's like they don't remember them because they no longer exist at all. Yeah. The,
4: the, and then there's the interesting gameplay element of when you get died to being erased from time, your ghost is still there, which in gameplay terms, they need that because in normal mode, you need to be able to pick them up. But maybe they got wiped and their ghosts were, were just floating above there, waiting for, waiting for somebody to res them, and, and nobody did.
1: Well, that's one of those things, too, where if, like, say if you're speaking to, like this is a giant quantum computer and it's it creates a set of criteria where you know where the variable is guardian so like if blank guardian equals zero equals null guardian's gone there's no there's not like there's an addendum statement for the ghost a guardian can be wiped can be killed and it's ghosts floating around or you can destroy a ghost and the guardian can still exist so where the vex may have never even encountered a ghost before, they wouldn't even know that it was there to erase in the first place if they can't yeah, predict us hidden. they can't yeah they can't simulate us they'd have no way of knowing that a ghost even existed so
3: yeah
1: uh, well, Kaber does say they took they took his ghost but maybe they took the ghost to study it because they'd never even encountered
4: one before.
3: It uh, doesn't say anything about if there was other people and if they had ghosts and what happened. Maybe they were recorded over the top of and left around.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's the other thing. And that's like a weird thing with Praetith where it's like, did Pradith know these dudes? And was like, I'm just going to take their ghosts and stick them in my pocket because I might need them later. And I was like, hmm. had that, that, that like, recorded his messages over them like, hey, ghost, I'm going to need you to leave a message here. Uh, or was he like, oh, what is this ghost doing here? Because he had absolutely no possible way to recall the guardian it once belonged to because they had been so thoroughly <laughs> evaporated from existence. Yes.
3: I mean, and if you, well, like we do, when we find dead ghosts, what do we do? We return them to the tower. If he grabs them to take them with him,
4: do oh, return? I don't do that. I just leave them there.
3: <sighs> Collectible. Collectibles,
4: though. That's, that's the one achievement I'm missing, or trophy, I guess, on, on but, PlayStation. But we it, awaken
2: them. But
3: collectibles. Them. But if these were live ghosts, just kind of wandering around, like, why am I here? Hang on. Then Praetor be like, oh, I'll take you back to the tower. Yeah, like, stick him in his yeah. pocket, in his backpack, quotes, wherever ghosts <laughs> go. Then he has them with him to access. Who it's entirely ghost? possible... And it might explain why they have. If he's being tossed around on, on the seas of, of time, and he's got those ghosts with him, it's it possible they recorded glimpses of other times. And when he got that little window to talk to us, they might have, he might have chucked him out, in a hope that they, go somewhere. Who knows?
1: Oh, that yeah. So that goes back to the the mystery vault of glass one, two, and three.
3: Yeah, that's like. They, that could have been the ghosts with him being tossed around in time getting glimpses of other times and, yeah, that... then, and then that's that's like because the dead ghost memories it's like it's its last memory or something before it dies so it could be when he got a window out he just chucked these ghosts out or they got out and that's when we found them because we were summoned by his little talking well I what do I mean
1: the Number three, unfortunately, says, well, it says from a ghost's field of view, but it's also, like, if if these three ghosts belong to the three erased guardians, like, the, these recordings can be the last, yeah, like, the last things they experienced as they got, like, flushed <laughs> out of existence along with their guardian, but then only the guardian ended up going down the drain and the ghost still existed, so, like, this is the last thing they experienced before a complete and utter erasure.
3: Yeah. Which I don't know because I was thinking if 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 um Praetith took the ghosts with him which is why they have such cuz I the the impression I get when they erase you from time it's not like you go to another time it's like you're just gone. You're, gone, you're just flat yeah. out gone. So they She's wouldn't have memories this. of other times but if the ghosts were with Praetith being tossed around in oh, the timelines true. They would see these glimpses, and if they died at some point, that might be the last memories the ghost have, is these glimpses of other times, or being thrusted in and out of other timelines, which is when Kratos then gets the window to talk to us, the little door opens to talk mm-hmm. to us. That's when we go and find them, isn't it? That's when we find these other ghosts on that yes. mission.
1: Yeah, during, so the, during Paradox. If the,
3: if the ghosts got out of the time stream, whether he sent them or they went, When he got that door, like, that that explains why we couldn't find them earlier in the vault. We could only find them then. Yeah. I don't know.
1: He's got a good arm if he can throw a ghost from the bottom of the (laughs) Morgan's Labyrinth all the way up into the Trials of Caber.
3: Well, it could be that they weren't even dead at that point, but they were just so, so gone from being in the vault without guardians and being in the time stream that they sort of, I will rest here, dead. (laughs)
1: <laughs> seems like a nice place to stop
3: yeah which can also explain why we find them in weird places
1: weird places yeah
3: at varying levels of the vault anyway sorry just like random spin foil hat moment like, I like it my...
1: for what it's worth I don't like the theory that there were six I like that there were just three but there's a lot of evidence that supports six
3: well, I just I like the I like the terror of being totally wiped from existence to the point where nobody remembers you at all.
1: <laughs> not even not even your ghost.
3: And it's it's somehow that's more terrifying than being lost in the time stream. Because you still exist, but these people would not exist
2: yeah.
3: at all. But yes, anyway. We should end this. I wanna have lunch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they were ones what? turned into zeros. It's
4: almost lunchtime yeah. time for me, almost no, it's it's not. It's
3: it's nearly well, 4 p.m., so I want lunch.
1: Well, Sherb is in our future, so she's. I in the, am. She's in. She's in the lunch timeline.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's the best timeline. Woo.
1: <laughs> All right, yeah. they'll do it for us. Oh man, next episode is episode fifty. Wow.
3: Ooh, we should nice. do something special like open the world.
4: Yeah, we are going to do yeah. something special. Bless.
3: <laughs> uh, awesome.
4: Did, oh, did wait Gev- man. Did did Gev- a minute. Did Gavin fall asleep again?
1: <laughs> no.
2: Yeah, no. Did
1: you find another Alamir quote? Yes. Oh, snap. Samsara 1. is a lonely thing to live forever. Alamir. Yeah. The only wow. other mention
2: of Alamir that I could find.
1: Okay. Well, now we've got Alamir.
3: Nice. Next time.
1: Next time. Who is Alan? <laughs> Mysteries of the vault, the vault, the vault. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done. Thanks for listening. Yeah. We'll catch up with you next time. Episode 50. Thank you for listening to uh, Destiny Ghost Stories, Ghost Stories of Destiny podcast. Different title for whatever timeline you're in, uh, yeah. depending on your superposition. position. Uh, uh, <laughs> X-Ray says goodbye. He's lost in the... <laughs> In time, uh, I am drop slash I'm saying goodbye. Goodbye! Hi. Good night. <laughs> oh, thank you Cosmo for being on again.
4: Yes, yeah, thanks, totally. Thank you for so having me. My, my guardian's <laughs> trying to wave goodbye, but but it's awoken, so it didn't like that
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Alright, we're out of here. Right.
2: Bye.